Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. All right, so there's, in a person's lifetime, yeah, you, you're going to want to turn that down just a little bit. Um, in a person's lifetime, there's only, uh, there's only a handful of days that, that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Um, you know, one, one of those, or a couple of those for me, came in, uh, came in 1997. So in 1997, after four long years of, of study and, and intense Bible school, um, it was time. So it was time for me, you know, after, after years of preaching to, to empty pews and practicing and, and studying and, and going out and, and going to other churches, it, it, was, it was time. And, you know, we, we hear folks talk about, you know, if, if I was a millionaire, I'd do this. And if I had a million dollars, I'd spend it on that. Well, when I got up there for that first sermon and stood behind the pulpit, and I, I think it may have been this Bible, and laid, laid it down, I would have given that million dollars to sit down right then. <laughs> but but God, got me, God got me through it, and, and, uh, and here we are all these years later. Um, so uh, again in 1997, so a good friend of mine, his name was Jimmy. Jimmy's father was, uh, you know, in, in the Baptist church, and, and I, I've still got my, you know, my, my ordained Baptist card in here, but I was actually standing right, excuse me, sir, right here. And so I was right here and just praising along and, and listening to, to Pastor Rusty talk, and Pastor Rusty was up here and and he was giving an illustration about a man who uh, had gone his entire Christian uh, career if you will and he'd never had a dance he'd never had a shout he'd never had a run so he asked God he said God I have been a Christian for more than 20 years and I look around me and I see people shouting I see people jumping and 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 I can't dance I'm sorry (laughs) I, I see people, but Tracy can, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I see people dancing and I see people shouting and God, you've never given me a dance. You've never given me a, a shout. You've never given me that. And, and then Pastor Rusty says these words. He said, and God spoke back to him and said, no, you never gave it to me. And so here I am. So electricity. I, I, I felt electricity start at my fingertips and worked its way down my arms and, and oh man, woo, all down my head and down, man, down my feet, man, and I, and I had, I, I, I didn't know what was going on the next morning, so I'm, I'm I, I just kind of kept quiet, didn't talk a lot, the next morning I'm driving, I've got this beautiful uh, drive uh, down Interstate 45 North, and all that be- just beautiful scenery everywhere. And I, I get to drive. I get to drive from Texas City all the way to the Houston Medical Center every day. I mean, what a beautiful drive that is. And we get, you know, we get to start. What, what do they call it? I've always wondered why they call it. You park in a driveway, but you drive on a parkway. 
But but we fixed that here in Texas. So we, we park we park on the we park on the driveway here. Um, or we park on the park on the, the parkway. Yeah. We get it right. We get it right. We we park there for a long time. But so I'm driving up and I'm like, you know, God, I just need you to help me understand what it was that I felt. And then all of a sudden I start hearing this this strange stuff. And I'm like, whoa. And, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm, I'm over top the truck and watching it drive. And, and, and tears start streaming out. And I'm, what's going on? And, and then all of a sudden, about 30 minutes later, I just start laughing and can't control it. And I'm, I, got, I, got to the, I got to the hospital. So I called the, the only Pentecostal folks that I had on my phone, which was those folks. Um, and I was like, hey, <laughs> here's, here's what happened. Here's my, here's my symptoms. And they were like, oh, you're, Maria, got, Maria said, oh, you're drunk on the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this work day, but I, I somehow managed it. I, I, I laid low and just, just praised the Lord that day. Um, but just a, what an amazing phenomenon. So Pastor Rusty says um, uh, a, a couple weeks ago, um, he said, have you ever preached in a Pentecostal church? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I have. Uh, I, I used to, um, so when I pastored a Baptist church, there was a gentleman, uh, uh, this was going to be my first words, just so you guys would remember this sermon for the rest of your lives as well. Um, so... George Jones, <laughs> George Jones had a band leader. His name was Buddy Hubbard. Buddy Hubbard uh, gave his life to the Lord and was called out of the honky-tonks and out of the bars and, and out, of that, out of that life uh, and became a, a strong uh, Christian man who uh, went around and, and would sing at different places. Uh, and Buddy was, uh, Buddy was a, a, a Pentecostal faith and... Um, so Buddy came, and at, at the fall harvest where I pastored, Buddy would come every year, and, and his group would sing, and man, they just brought down the house. And then I, I got up and preached, and he said, Brother Rob, I would love if any time I'm in this area and I'm going to be singing, I'd like for you to go and preach at, at that meeting where I'm going to be singing. And I was like, well, I would love to. And he's like, he's like, no, it's a Pentecostal church. And I was like, that's okay. I'm Baptocostal, so I, I'm, I'm pretty close to that. Um, man, and he took me to this one place, and, and, uh, and I got into it. I, I remember what I was, uh, I, I was preaching about uh, when Peter was sinking. And, and man, I was, I was just into it. And, and there was probably 50 or so little ladies, those little prayer mamas like we were talking about this past Sunday. And they start waving these handkerchiefs and... Woo! And I was like, man, I got to get some of that. I loved it. I mean, just what, I, I, and I, I just wanted what they had so bad. I guess I need to preach, right? So, um, so that, that's where we got. So uh, all of that, all of that stuff going down, uh, you know, back, back in that day. But let's go back to 97. So 97, I was ready to give that million dollars away if I could just step, sit down. But God got me through that day um, and then so now we're going to the hospital so so I'm studying about all this uh, praying for healing praying for uh, praying for deliverance helping people 
uh, cope and deal with things. And I'm like, you know, I'm ready to I'm ready to go out and pray for folks. Uh, I, I'd all, all studied up, you know, uh, you know, if there be any sick among you, let them call on the elders of the church. Let them anoint such a one with oil. Uh, I mean, I was ready for that. I, I carried carried my this with me. So ooh, I am so bad with these things. See why they, they don't let me have a mic? So, so I had, had this uh, anointing oil in a keychain. And uh, so Jimmy, uh, a friend of mine, calls, and his dad was the moderator of the, of the Baptist conference there in uh, the county that we were next to. And this was, um, they, brought his, uh, they brought his mom in and uh, Pastor Jimmy's wife, and, and they brought her into the hospital and Jimmy calls and he says, Rob, I know you're a, you're a minister and you've just started preaching, but they're, they're bringing my mom in and it's, it, it's no good. And I was like, well, you know, I'll be, I'll be glad to pray for her. And his, his, uh, I went up and his dad said, do you have any, have any anointing oil she'd like for us to anoint her and, and like for us to pray for her? And I said, sure. And I was like, uh, so what, what's going on? I want to be able to, I want to be able to, to pray appropriately um, they had just brought in, uh, brought in back, the, back in those days, they had film and CDs and things like that. If you got an MRI or a CAT scan and, um, they said she has a, an aneurysm and where it is, uh, it's probably going to be inoperable and, um, we're, we're going to airlift her to, uh, to St. Mary's hospital, which was in Huntington, West Virginia. And, uh, She's, she's probably not going to make, she probably won't make it there, and she's, she's not going to, honestly, she's not going to make it through the night, but we're willing to give this last, this last effort. Maybe there's something they can do that, that they can't do here at this hospital. And I was thinking, man, you know, I really wish it would have been a broken arm or, <laughs> or, or you, know, you know, the elbow or some arthritis or something like that. I mean, this lady had a death sentence. Um, they, they're preparing her for the life flight. They have her all strapped in. They, they have that death sentence, her, her x-rays. Um, the doctor had already read them, had them actually strapped to her. They had her, had her all down on that and getting ready to put her in. And so I, I pulled this stuff out. And I, I was in... Uh, a Bible bookstore just the other day and I, I saw this this rack of anointing oil and I hadn't hadn't seen any in a while and I, I picked it up and I smelled it and it was that that exact odor you know and you can get this in different scents and different things like that and I I picked this one up and I mean it just you know if we were six months ago I'd just pass this around and tell you to smell it but I'll let you smell this stuff It's, a, it's a, a very distinct odor. So they say if you're going to remember stuff, um, probably the, the number one, the part of the brain that can remember is closest affected to smell. And, and smell will spark a memory before any other sense that you have will. And, you know, the, the senses, that's the way, so, you know, the Bible tells us that our body or, or, or our existence, you know, it's made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And, and the way that the spirit and the soul 
uh, interacts and, and makes sense of what we call reality is through those five senses. You know, that's how we, you know, that's how we, we just, you know, interact with this world that we're living in, you know, through smell and taste and touch and, and all of this. And it, it has a way to spark, um, to be able to spark these memories. So we get down, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I, I've got it. Man, I, I'm coming straight out of study and, and ready to pray, uh, ready to pray uh, for Miss Williamson. And, and I, uh, I, I mean, I lathered it up good, too. I was like, God, if this is your path for me, I know you're going to be in the middle of this. And, I, I mean, I, I got down, I anointed her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and knelt beside, knelt beside that bed. And, man, I prayed my heart out. I mean, I, I, I prayed for a while to the point they were like, y'all going to have to get that guy. We've got to get her on. We've got to get her on the helicopter. Um, I mean, I, I left it all there. I, I mean, just tears were flowing. And, and, man, I prayed the resurrection power. I prayed uh, everything that I knew to pray. I, I threw it all in there. I reminded uh, God that Jesus, when he walked the face of this earth, that one would only have to have enough faith to reach out and touch the hem of his garment, and they could be made whole. I reminded God. That he told that Peter made the proclamation that I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And I said, I am representing your church in this world, and I command that this leave this saint of God. And I mean, I just left it all on there. So they load her up on the helicopter and take her out. And I call Brother Jimmy uh, later that evening around six o'clock. And I said, um, you know, how, how, how are things with your wife? Uh, did you guys make it there okay? And he said, yeah, they, they got there. Um, and he's like, uh, I'll call you back in a little bit. We're, we're eating dinner. And I said, um, oh, you guys got her there and you, you went out to eat? And he's like, no, um, we're, we're sitting here at the restaurant eating. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're sitting here at the restaurant eating. Well, we got down here, and they examined her, and there's nothing wrong. She got up off the bed and walked out and, and drove herself home that night. She's like, she's, she's driving. This lady, had, this was a certified medical miracle. And God intervened. And that's how God, uh, you know, he, he can stir up a remembrance of things like that. Um, and it's an amazing thing. So I started a sermon series. If, if you hadn't heard it, I know Tracy has. Uh, if you haven't heard it, it's called Divine Direction. This is, uh, so, so um, I had uh, the, these four sermons and I get a little long-winded sometimes. And I promised Pastor Rusty, don't worry, I promised him I'd be done in less than three hours. So, um, but anyway, so there was one that got left out in divine direction. And, and you, know, I, you know, I was telling Flip, I was like, man, I, I, I really wanted to get this other sermon in, but, you know, it just, it wouldn't fit when we did the sermon series. And, and I couldn't figure out why. And then when Pastor Rusty said last week, hey, 
I'm, I'm calling you up to preach Wednesday night. And I was like, there's where that sermon went. So this, this is it. This is where we're going, we're going to be able to put it. So we want to be able to uh, have divine direction part five. If you would like to go back and, and go one, two, three, four, including the one uh, about the Hurricane Laura uh, that actually, so the one on the hurricane, uh, the direction of the storm actually aired the night Hurricane Laura hit, uh, which, which I thought was absolutely amazing uh, on, on how that worked out. But, um, but this is Divine Direction 5, remembering the directions. You know, it, isn't that something how, uh, you know, I, I remember back before we had our phones and everything to tell us how to go, and, and directions were a little bit different back then. You know, you drive down by the, the there's a big tree, not, not the smaller tree, but the bigger one, and there's a rock that looks kind of like a house, but it's not really. But you turn left there and then drive on out a couple miles or so. You know, directions were a whole lot bit different back then, and, and remembering the directions took on a, a, a much different Step, But I want us to talk about remembering uh, the directions. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, we're going to uh, take a quick look at Lois and, and Eunice's boy, Timothy, uh, the Apostle Paul's son in the gospel, if you would. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. And just like Pastor Rusty, I'm a, I'm a good old... I like my graphe just like that. Um, so 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, the Apostle Paul writes to the young gospel preacher. He says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Um, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness." For bodily exercise profiteth little. Amen. Uh, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. Um, you know, and as we, as we keep on reading, these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believer in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Uh, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, uh, that by profiting may, may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. We need to be bringing these things uh, into our remembrance. And if you would, um, we're going to go over to the book of Joshua. Uh, in Joshua chapter 3, uh, just an a awesome, awesome uh, passage here in Joshua chapter 3. This is going to be the foundation of what we'll be talking about tonight. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I mean, this is a, a passage uh, just to bring you up to speed. Uh, 
Moses has now led the children out of Israel and they are headed toward the promised land. Uh, they come to the Red Sea. Moses stretches out his staff over the Red Sea after he had prayed to God. He's got Pharaoh's army behind him, the Red Sea in front of him, and, and wondering, what am I going to do? After he takes a minute and stops and prays, talks to God, God says, go forward. Moses is like, say what? Go for the, the Red Sea is forward. Pharaoh's army's behind me, and you're telling me to go forward. And then God tells him to stretch out the staff. When he stretches out the staff, the Red Sea parts. A miracle that we are still talking about thousands of years later. Thousands of sermons have been preached on this. Hundreds of paintings and artwork and people have been inspired to write poetry. And people have been inspired to keep going and, keep, uh, and just keep pushing forward no matter what it is that they're going through. All because of what God did on that day. I want you to think about for a second with Moses. Now with Moses, when he stretched forth the staff, nobody's feet got wet. When Moses stretched forth the staff, they were able to immediately see what's going on. So I want, I want you to look at a couple different types of, of what, what's happening here. Uh, everybody, or the, the majority of us sitting in here, we got here on somebody else's faith. Somebody, uh, somebody prayed for us. Somebody beseeched God on our behalf. Somebody told us about the gospel. Somebody else had accepted Jesus and had been inspired to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and that led us, them to you. Maybe somebody prayed that God would send a messenger where there would be words where you would be able to hear them and that through hearing you would have faith and that faith would motivate you to accept Jesus Christ. But you got here and heard the message on somebody else's faith. And that's exactly how the children of Israel got on the journey toward the promised land. But they didn't get there under Moses. They got to it, but they didn't get in it under Moses' leadership. As a matter of fact, Moses, uh, just a, a few chapters prior to this, in a, uh, in a beautiful ceremony, no doubt, God himself buried Moses. And now he tells Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. But now it's going to be a little bit different. They can't go on Moses' faith anymore. They, they're going to have, if they're going to enter into the promised land, they're going to have to have some faith themselves. It can't be Moses going up to the edge of the water anymore. They're going to have to go into the water. Now you're going to have to get your feet wet just a little bit. So I want us to, to go on down now to Joshua 3 and uh, about verse 14. Uh, the waters, uh, and it came to pass when the people uh, removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they bear the ark were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Woo, there's a word I like, Brother Roland. Isn't that something? Harvest? All the time of harvest. Uh, the Jordan is overflowed. 
that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up on a heap very far from the city of Adam uh, that is before Zertan. And those came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. That water didn't cut off until the priests were willing to step into the brim of that water. And then when they were, they were, willing, uh, they were willing to walk by faith, when they left Egypt, they walked by sight. That was opened up for them. But now they were going to have to walk by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But I want us to think about this for just a second as we go on over now to Joshua chapter 4, uh, verses 5 through 7. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you uh, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. I want us to think really quick about the Holy Ghost helps us to remember. The Holy Ghost will stir up a remembrance in us. Uh, when we see these stones... These stones were taken up out of there so that they would be able to remember that. And just like there are things that, that will remind us and, and be a, a memorial for us, there are days that we can remember and days that we think about. Uh, if you went to New York City right now, you would find a 9-11 memorial there in the center of that city because everybody remembers. I dare say if we took a, a poll right now, there would be no hand that would go up unless you were born uh, after 2001. Uh, but everybody is going to remember exactly where they were on 9-11-2001. I remember it very plainly. And right here, he says, sanctify yourself. Oh, for God's going to do some big things tomorrow morning. Uh, I need you to remember this. And they took these stones out. It was going to be such a great feat. I want you to remember the starting point. I want you to remember when you waded down into the water. I want you to remember what it was like to see the priest standing in the midst of the Jordan River. I want you to remember what it felt like uh, to step in on dry ground because you have heard for 40 years your forefathers telling you about when we came across uh, the Red Sea and when uh, the spies went over to see Rahab the harlot uh, when, she, when they uh, talked to her. Oh, we've heard the stories for 40 years about how Moses brought you all out of the, out of, uh, the land of Egypt and how you've been in the wilderness now for 40 years. And we know if God uh, can be able to do that, that when you come against Jericho, we've got no hope. Even
even though Jericho had the high walls, even though Jericho was more than able to conquer them because of what God did uh, for the children of Israel, they knew they could not conquer them. And that's the same thing that we're going up, uh, going with now. So I want us to think about how the Holy Spirit can use these five senses to bring us into remembrance. You know, I want us to start. Uh, I, I brought a few things. So my specialty now is adult learning. So I fly all over the United States teaching people about hospital regulatory compliance and environmental standards and things like that. So we use a lot of visual learning and, and props and, and things like that to help people uh, be able to remember it. And God did the same thing. God would, God would use things like that to be able to help people remember. Uh, you remember uh, a man named Abraham. Now, Abraham had gotten along in years, uh, and, and Abraham was so busy serving God. You ever, you ever hear about some of those folks sometimes? They're, they're so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. Well, Abraham is now old, really old, and as is his wife Sarah, and they had clean forgot to have kids. So, you know, here, here we are. Man, we've, we've got this promise from God, and we haven't had kids, and, and we're way up there now. And all of a sudden, God puts a dream, a vision in Abraham's heart, something that he would be able to remember by sight every time he sees it. He said, Abraham, you will have descendants that will outnumber the stars when you look up at them at night. Man, I love going out there on, on Crystal Beach sometimes late at night where there's not so much light over there and you can drive right out, right out there on the beach and, uh, and, and just look up and just on some nights just see the stars and they're so numerous and I'm like, wow, what must it have been like when Abraham stood out on those, uh, on, on those plains and just stared into the stars thinking, you know, I would name that one John. I would name this one uh, Isaac. I would name this one Joshua. I would name this one Jesus. Imagine all the descendants that God has promised me that will come from me. And then he told him something else. He said, not only will your descendants outnumber the stars, but they'll be like the, the dust of the earth. I'm sorry, Roland. I know you like to keep a clean house. But just imagine, imagine when Abraham would come in and Sarah would be like, Abraham, you've got dirt all over your shoes. You're tracking up the house. No, I've got God's promise on me. Uh, Abraham, it's been a, a week now. You haven't had a bath. You're, you're dirty. You got dirt all over you. No, I don't have dirt all over me. I got God's promise all over me. So that Abraham, every time he saw the dust of the ground, every time he felt the sand whoo, between his toes, he knew that God's promise was with him everywhere he went. If it was night, he saw the stars. If it was daytime, he saw the dirt. And he knew that God would give him a son in Isaac. When we see these things, God will bring it up into our remembrance. You know, there's a... We moved to Texas at an awesome time. So we moved down here right, right with uh, Hurricane Harvey. And... 
and they said, hey, you know, there's a hurricane hitting this week, right? And I'm like, well, awesome. What's that? Uh, <laughs> and they said, you know, it's pretty bad. Uh, it, it's going to flood, you know, and I really wondered. So when we first moved here, we moved into an apartment and I couldn't figure it out why the apartments on the first floor were so much cheaper than the ones up on the other floors, because in Kentucky, it's exactly the opposite. Nobody wants to be upstairs. You want to be downstairs. So you pay like way more money for a first floor apartment. Uh, but I was like, boy, yeah, that's a steal. So we found out why. So, uh, so three times, Three times during Harvey, we were living in Houston in the medical center. Three times the water got within six inches of our door. And we had bought this in Louisiana. And this lady back here placed it at the threshold of our front door. She didn't rebuke the storm. She dared the storm to cross it. <laughs> and we keep this, it's broken three or four times. And we glue it back together and we keep it at the door of our house. And every day when I go out and I come in, I see this and it stirs up a remembrance that God will deliver me through any storm that life throws at me. It's just a, a, constant, a constant visual Reminder, and I got to go. I got to go quick now. As Pastor Rusty said, would say I'm almost done. Um, all right. So there, there are things uh, that we're going to be able to to hear, and it's going to create faith in us. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Five times, if you if you count my message that aired on on Hurricane Laura, five times in the last month or so. Someone has come here and preached on Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And, and, and as Sister Tracy would tell you, that's my rhema word. The first time that God ever verbally spoke to me, he's, he said, go read Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over to the other side. At that time, we were going through a terrible storm in our lives. And, and uh, Priscilla was fighting breast cancer and we didn't know if, if we were going to be able uh, to overcome that. We, we didn't know at that time. And I got alone and, and God just spoke to me. Go read, the same as anyone talking to me. Go read Mark 5.1. And I'm like, okay, I'll go read it. And I, and I read it and I was like, this doesn't make sense. You know, you know they came say, over to the other side, okay. And then I backed up and read Mark chapter 4 where, where I found out. What manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? That's the God that I serve. And every time I hear, man, I, I've heard it time after time after time again. And, and, and when our brother, uh, when Brother Danny said the other night, turn to Mark chapter 5, I was like, oh, we're going to the storm. Here we go, baby. I'm going to get to hear it one more time. I love to be able to hear that. You know, what is it about taste? Has anyone here ever drank grape juice outside of communion? Outside of communion that you, since you've been a Christian, that you didn't think about the blood of Christ? I mean, every single time. I remember they were giving it at Costco 
as a, as a sample, Welch's grape juice, and it was walking up, and they, they were putting it in a, like an eight-ounce cup, and I was like, man, you guys got communion supersized here. This is like, <laughs> like McDonald's, and I, I drank it, but I can't, I can't taste it. I can't taste grape juice without immediately going to Calvary in my mind. It, it, it's boom, I'm there, and I see him hanging there, and I see, I see what he's going through. And, you know, I'm able to be able to hear that. And that brings, us, that brings us to that last one. And that's of smell. Smell, like I said, is the one that sparks memories and will put you back exactly where you were in, in, in that scenario quicker than anything. A few days before he was crucified... Jesus was sitting at dinner with Martha and Lazarus, who was freshly risen from the dead, when Jesus stood at the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was sitting there with him. Mary breaks open this ointment. Uh, two different accounts. One tells us about how it was all in his hair and his beard. And in the other account, we find out that she didn't stop there. She also anointed his feet with, with that ointment. And you, you remember how Judas talks about this? This is a year's wages. You know, we, we find out that it, 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 was, uh, it, it was 300 days wages that was spent to purchase this. And, and Judas was, was so upset about it. And, and, you know, Jesus rebukes him and says, she, she bought this for my burial. And that odor, the Bible says, filled up the room. Everybody, everybody could smell that odor. And that odor stayed with Jesus all the way through that. And... After that night in the garden, they, they take him out and, and put him before Pilate, and Pilate commands him to be beaten. And every time they take that cat of nine tails, go back and release it. And when it hits him, and he exhales in pain and yelling, and then he breathes in as best he can, that odor reminds him even though he could have called ten legions of angels to come down and destroy this world and him go back to the Father, there are people that are counting on me. He could be remember immediately, oh, I remember, oh, I remember when Mary anointed my head with oil. I can smell that perfume in my beard and they would hit him again and oh he could be able to smell it and then when they they uh, laid him down on that old rugged cross and brother frank if you would uh, join me on the keyboard for just a minute but as they laid him down on that old rugged cross and they they grab his his the first hand or his wrist that they're going to nail that spike through and and they they pull back that roman hammer and the first ring of the spike pierces 
through Jerusalem that day and as they've been able to hear all around, they're able to hear it. And as he exhales in pain and breathes in, he smells it one more time. They lay his other, his other wrist still smell that perfume and he reminds him someone cared enough to give the best they had for him because when we give to the Lord he recognizes that sacrifice and then when they put that third nail into his feet And the pain causes him to cry out in agony as his earthly body begins to die and begins to feel the pain that we all feel. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are. He's felt every pain that we felt. He's felt heartbreak. He knows what it feels like to have his best friend turn his back on him. To have someone that he loves sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. To have one that said, oh, Lord, I'll die with you. I'll not turn my back on you to deny him three times. And as those, the events of the garden and the events of his own disciples go through his mind and he breathes in and it just, he comes to life a little bit more in agony and smells the perfume. that he has to hold on. When the thief cries out, Oh Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And as he struggles to speak and tell him, he smells that perfume one more time today. You will be with me in paradise. The card I passed around for you. The Bible says that Mary used something called spikenard. The very odor that takes me back to a little Appalachian Mountain hospital. Every time that I smell it and I remember the power that's in Jesus' name. That same odor that you guys just smelled, that's the same odor that Jesus smelled on that old rugged cross. But Joshua tells us, make a memorial. Make a memorial so that when your children see it, that they will remember, that they will ask you what happened here. But we don't have stones. We don't have rocks. We don't don't do that kind of thing here. Peter would tell us there's going to be a new kind of memorial for God in the New Testament. He said, we're going to build up a royal priesthood. We're going to build up a holy house. And we're going to build it out of living stones so I'm just wondering here tonight who is here that would stand with Jesus and say Jesus I remember 
when you healed me of things that killed other people. Is there anyone here? Oh, if I could get a witness with me that would stand and say, Jesus healed me. Jesus delivered me. Who would stand on the promises tonight? Who would rise and say, I remember when I was healed. I remember when I was delivered. How many that would be here tonight that would be able to stand up and say, I remember when Jesus Christ delivered me from that car crash. I remember uh, when Jesus delivered me from the things that I had to go through. I remember. How many could say to be here tonight and say, oh, I remember. I remember that little praying mother. I wouldn't be here without her. I remember her praying for me. I remember my grandmother praying for me. I remember nights that I was out that I shouldn't have made it home. Oh, but I remember there was somebody praying for me. I remember. We're coming up on harvest. God has sowed seeds into the people standing here. There's people here that has battled cancer and won. There's people here that have battled giants and in Jesus' name they were defeated. There are people here who have survived things that have wiped other folks off the face of the earth, but because, oh, I love this when it says this in the Bible, but God had other plans. But God saw it this way. But God delivered me. That's the God I serve. I remember those days. I remember the things that God has done for me. And we need to do that. I'm going to ask for just a second, everybody that's standing right now, those that God has, has done supernatural things for, we want to see a revival, a harvest of souls on this island. Could we take just a couple minutes and just come? I, I, I'm a Baptist. I need an old-fashioned altar call. So everybody that would, would you gather around with me and let's just pray together in unison here at the altar and be able to pray for those that God will send this way. Those who are dying and going to a devil's hell. Those who need to be able to hear the gospel message that Jesus Christ died for them. And I'm going to lead us in a quick prayer to be able to dismiss us with that. But I want you to think, just as we did the other night, you know, when, when I was standing right over here, I started speaking the name Lance. Lance, Lance. And Brother Danny said, think that name, speak it out loud. Lance, Lance, Lance. I want us to think about who is it that we want to be able to pray for? Who is that person that needs to be able to hear the message of the gospel? Who is it that needs to be able to be inspired? You know, uh, it's a funny thing. I had a, a, a long talk with that gentleman uh, the, the, the very next day. He gets home. His friend that he hasn't heard from for some time from Dallas, that lives in Dallas, had just sent him a, a message uh, from, from their church. And he said, I can't believe it. You just told me about this. And my friend is, is, is sending me a, a message that he says that I would love to hear from a preacher in Dallas. I said, Brother, God's after you. God, God is, is honing in on him. And I'm already starting to see what I prayed for that night worked. And I, I'm guessing I'm not, I don't have the only story like that. But I want you to think about that family member, about that niece, that nephew, your cousin, the one you prayed for, a son, a daughter, the ones that's out wayward, the one that, that just has to get a hold of God, or I don't know how long they're going to make it. Let's pray for them.
as we come together in unison tonight. Let's bow our heads just for a moment before we're dismissed. Father, we just come to you with boldness, Father. You told us that if we pray for boldness, that you will give it to us. We declare boldness, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we know that there are people on this island, Father, that they are up and down the strand tonight, that they are doing things that they need to be delivered from. There are addictions, uh, Father, but we know that those are the very souls that Jesus died for. We claim the blood that was shed on Mount Calvary Father, nearly 2,000 years ago when Jesus looked out, Father, and was willing to say it is finished. The redemptive work has been done. The blood has been shed. It has been applied to the mercy seat where it is still fresh, Father, where it is still there. And we want to pray, Father, for our family uh, that is lost and undone, Father. We know that we are in the last days. We know that very soon, oh, very soon, uh, we are going to hear uh, Father, the angel sound the midnight call, Father, that Jesus Christ is going to step out woo, on that glory cloud and come and call us unto himself because he told us that I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you that where I am, woo, there you should be also, Father. We want to see one last great harvest. We pray, Father, that your son would tarry let us see through this harvest, Father. Let us be able to take the gospel message to those that are lost and undone on this island. Father, we just pray that you would bless it as it goes across the internet, that there would be people who would be able to hear the gospel message, that Jesus Christ lived and died and was rose again to be able to bring life and life more abundantly. Oh, Father, how we pray for those that need to hear the gospel. Let us be your vessels. Let us take wherever we go. Let us have the name of Jesus on our lips. The name of Jesus for those that are hurting. The name of Jesus for those that need healing. The name of Jesus for those who need a Savior. Oh, we declare these bold statements in Jesus' name. And the entire church said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.